This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I got time, yes. Today I got time, yes. On that day, I was acting cool, cuz. What? Nigga, what's up? How gangster are you, cuz? I don't fuck with you, cuz. You disrespecting me. I don't fuck with you, cuz. You disrespecting me. I go hard, cuz. Hey, you guys. I hope you guys are doing good. Happy Tuesday, child. Time is flying. I can't believe it's already six o'clock. Okay. I'm on my little corporate stuff today. I had a lot of meetings, I had a lot of stuff to get done today. Um, I hope everybody's doing really well. Let me pull up all my little screens here. Give me just a second. All right. Can y'all see and hear me? All right. Yes. Sexy and red. (laughs) Anyways, we got a lot going on, child. It is springtime. Summer's around the corner. I feel great. I've lost 10 pounds and counting. I've been back on my diet, walking. You know what I'm saying? Really sticking to it. So people told me in the last stream my face was looking a, bit, a little bit slim. Ew, I'm happy. Because <laughs> y'all got these chubby cheeks from laughing and stuff. So yes, I'm trying to be a skinny legend. Now, I want to get back to my original size, honey, okay? So hopefully I can, you know, get down to where I want to be, where I feel very comfortable and stuff like that. Because, honey, these, these double Ds are out of control. I need them to go back to a C cup expeditiously (laughs) but anyhow y'all yes we got a lot of stuff going on i got a lot of good things planned in a few weeks so definitely you know be on the lookout for you know when i let y'all know the tea um we'll probably do a quick meeting um probably after this live stream on zoom as well so it's just going to depend it might so in case you you know I say something about a Zoom or you get an ad, just come on in so I can explain some stuff. But um, other than that, I'm doing great. You know what I'm saying? The house is coming along. I just went down there to go meet with the crew. They're getting the siding up, the cabin trees. So we still got a bit of work. Uh, We still got a few more weeks. So they're really ramping it up. I got to go pick out some stones for the front of the house tomorrow. So I got a lot of a lot of stuff I'm doing on top of the big plan that I got coming up. You know what I'm saying? For some of the tea sippers. So I can't wait. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's a lot going on. We're definitely going to get into the tea. Y'all come on in. Come on in, everybody. So let me make sure I got this up. Okay. So, child, once again, Latasha Scott is trending. Okay. So she is basically, you know, at this point doing a hobo tour. She's trying to get people to ignore, you know, all the stuff that went down on the SWV and the Escape Reality TV show. Because for the most part, a lot of people think that the entire show was a bad look and that both groups. Well, no, I think SWV kind of came out looking good, except for the last show. They had it edited like Taj was just cussing folks out. So Latasha was basically asked by Kendra G if she thinks, you know, she'll go back on for a season two because a lot of people, you know, strangely enough, honey, they want a season two. But Latasha is saying that she's not going to do a season two 
And she's blaming Mona Scott for a lot of the drama. She's saying that it's Mona Scott and her, you know, her editing and her production. So we're going to go ahead and watch this clip of Latasha. So give me just a second here to share my screen. Okay, here we go. All right, let's go ahead and listen to what good old Latasha got to say about Mona Scott. There, is there going to be a part two of this reality show? It's not going to be part two for me. Mm. Not, no, I mean, when you come and you say two super groups are going to be celebrated and it does not end that way, like you got everybody beefing on social media. The nerve of a black production company with Mona Me coming in and not celebrating black women. It's just tearing down. And the whole time, out of seven women, I was being attacked every single day. So it's just that thing for me. Like, when you say you're going to do something, we should be able to do it. And I think the fans have been slighted, you know. And shame on her. Shame on the productions for doing that. We didn't get to a tour. We didn't get to music. As I said, did I have reservations? Of course I did. But when she started to say, hey, we're going to celebrate y'all. Y'all going to do a tour. We're going to talk about how you, you know, do a show. How you got to do the wardrobe and the music. I'm like, that's beautiful. Because sometimes you do have banter back and forth with mm. that. But when you come in and I'm being attacked every day and it never got to the music, it's like, what was this all about? Mm. And none, none of the things that happened until we started filming, none of the craziness. Mm. So it's like, was it was a setup? What do we do this for? I'm definitely a part of this game. I created the name. I'm, I'm That's the mothership. Mm. That's where mm. I come from. I will never forget where I come from. Mm. But it's time for me to do music. I've okay. always wanted to do music. I know Candy didn't want to do music because she always felt like if we didn't surpass what we did in the beginning, then don't do it. But when I'm doing music, it's never predicated on sales. It's because mm -hmm. I'm passionate about what I do. Mm -hmm. So the other girls was like, no, we, you know, don't fall victim to what she's saying. I, I want to do music. So that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. The first question is. All right. All right. That's enough. Now, thank y'all for the tiny violins because that's near, 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 near. That's all I heard while she was talking. Now, it's very interesting that once again, she chose to throw Candy under the bus and say, Candy never wanted to make music. I guess I'm confused if Latasha has always been wanting to make music and she's about the music, what has stopped her over the past 20 years from making music? Like Candy dropped her album back in like 1999 or some 2000. I remember watching that Candy music video late at night at like, I was six months pregnant in the damn nine nines in the 2000s. You know, so like what has stopped her? Why is she acting like she couldn't have been making music all these years? Let's keep it real, Latasha. Nobody would be checking for anybody in Escape, and I'm not trying to throw shade if it was not for Candy going on to reality television and even reminding us that there was a group called Escape, okay? Because people had, not saying that people had forgot about them, nobody was checking for Escape before Real Housewives of Atlanta. I remember when Candy first, because like I said, I've been watching Real Housewives from day one, okay? Well, at least Atlanta. I didn't really watch the OC and all that, but Atlanta from day one. And when Candy came on there, that was a reminder. You know, I'm Candy from the group Escape. Oh, okay, I remember Escape. Just kick it. Just kick it. Okay, all right. So what are you doing here? You know, like that's what kind of came back into our psyche. Like we weren't just, you know, randomly listening to you're my little secret. Unless it just happened to come on on like Apple Music. But once Candy was back, you know, in our faces, it's like, okay, escape. Then at that point, people was asking questions. Well, whatever happened to escape? Why aren't y'all making music? So, you know, for her to say that, oh, 
Candy never wanted to make music and this and that. It's just like another dig at Candy. My thing is, is Mona Scott shady in certain aspects? You know, when you're doing production and things like that, at the end of the day, this is reality television. So Latasha, you had to have known what you were signing up for. Mona Scott is not, you know, the credited film director who made, you know, uh, James Cameron's Titanic. She didn't make a documentary called Fahrenheit 9-11. Mona Scott Love is known for ratchet television. So I'm confused about all this. Oh, I'm shocked at the way she made black women look. Where have you been all these years? You've never watched an episode of Love and Hip Hop? You've never watched reality television? Matter of fact, that's a lie because they did a reality TV show before this one called Just Kicking It or Just Kicking It Again or some shit with a leg in, in the title, child. Somebody kick her in the throat. It was called something, but it was on Bravo. So this ain't your first merry-go-round with reality television. And that first, uh, the first reality show that they had a few years ago, it really wasn't a good look for them back then. And then at that point, that's when Candy didn't want to have nothing to do with the group. So the other three, they went on their own little tour, you know, doing Escape. I think they were called Escape 3 or something like that. You know, so yeah, you know, something with a leg, child. So for her to try and act now like, oh, this is Mona's fault. This is production's fault. Absolutely not. Production is just there to film. Okay. So the fact that your sister bought up y'all skeletons, that is between y'all. Production can't make Tamika come out and talk about you owing her $30,000. Production, the only thing they do is set up lighting and they mic y'all up. They sit y'all in them fancy chairs and they ask y'all questions. But y'all basically create the show. Production didn't have you coming into those meetings with a nasty attitude and a scrawl on your face. Y'all remember when they first met with uh, SWV and... You know, Tosh had put everything together with some type of little banquet style setup. And Latasha walked in there with a nasty attitude, barely wanted to speak, barely spoke to her sister. Tosh said, well, what's wrong? You know, you know, what's wrong? Why do you have an attitude? Oh, you know, we got to work out some stuff with the group. And then when they were voting, well, who all wants to do a tour? Everybody here went right up. Latasha, we have things we need to discuss as a group. So did Mona Scott also edit that as well? Or was that the attitude that you brought to the situation? So you can only blame so much on production. Where's the personal responsibility? Because again, Mona Scott is not known for like, not taking anything from her, but she's known for ratchet television. Let's keep that real. Just like Andy Cohen, the, the white man on Bravo, he's known for ratchet reality television. Anybody going on The Real Housewives, you know you have to bring drama. If you're thinking that you're just going to be on there and just be cute, you won't be there next season. Ask all the people that they have replaced over the years. You got to bring the tea. You got to bring the drama. So that is what reality television is about. We're, you know, unfortunately, we're not tuning in just to hear y'all's pretty voices. We are here for the tea and the tea was spilt. And I think she's upset because the tea that was spilt makes her look really bad. And I've given this lady advice, not saying that she even watches my videos, but I've given her advice and she's not going to be able to move on until she takes ownership and personal responsibility for what she did wrong in her relationship with her sister. 
there's no way to move forward until she takes accountability. And it seems like, you know, I thought by now she would have taken some type of accountability, being that she was boohoo crying a few weeks ago and wiping snot off her nose. But it seems like she's back blaming other people for her behavior. Now, uh, Tammy Roman ended up commenting on that post. So let's go ahead and read what good old Tammy, who also did reality television, might I add. Uh, let's see what Tammy Roman had to say to Latasha. Just kind of bump that up. Okay. So Tammy Roman, we know her from Ratchet Basketball Wives and, you know, the real world back in the day. So Tammy says, at some point, you have to step back in, one, say, I'm sorry. Two, my sister didn't know about the checks, and I was in a tight and my husband set up a hustle I didn't oppose. Three, I can make payments to you back. Four, I really don't like Candy and she doesn't care for me and that's okay. But we made history together and I'm professional enough to break this bread now. Five, I did the show to use as a platform for my solo project. I've seen Love and Hip Hop. I knew what time it was. Six, my husband cheated and I'm a stick beside him. Seven, God blessed me with escape, so I'm going to honor that journey. A compromise for me is I won't sing on overtly sexualized songs, but who can I run to is. Eight, my gospel album title is Let He, who, Let he Without Sin. Nine, I'm going to stop doing interviews. <laughs> so that is what Tammy Roman had to say. That is the advice that she is darling out to Latasha Scott, and I don't disagree with her. I mean, I think at this point, Latasha needs to hang it up. She needs to stop doing these interviews. It's not making her look better. Um, and that last episode was really bad when they were confronting her about her husband and how her husband was taking kickback, okay, based on all four members. And it, it's, it's sad. It's really sad that this legacy is being tarnished. Now, granted, the other girls are moving forward. Candy, Tamika, and um, Tamika, Tiny, they're all moving forward, and that's okay. But I don't think this reality show was a good look. But it really only made Latasha look bad. And the reason why they kept filming her, you know, and, and showing her drama week after week is because that was the drama that was being displayed. That was the drama that she was bringing on. And I think at this point, Latasha's upset because this show, like Tammy said, was supposed to be a, a jump off point for her gospel album. I don't know about y'all, but I'm not checking for a gospel album from somebody who is nothing more than an agent of chaos. This whole situation has been chaotic. The way her husband, you know, they're saying he's out here, you know, sleeping with people, cheating on her. That's not gospel like. So I think it's I think a lot of people are not checking for this gospel album and she's upset about that. You know, even on the reviews on her album, there's more negative reviews about the show than even the album. So, yeah, the whole the whole thing is a mess, child. It's a mess. So let me go ahead and read some of these super chats here. Um let's see. Uh JTV says you caught me at a bad time. T, I was visiting my high school for the spring concert, but I'll catch a playback celebrate 9 months as a tea sipper. That's what's up. Thank you so much for coming through. Uh, JFan97 says, does expeditiously mean at ex extremely slow rate, almost unnoticeable? 
No, that's not what that means. Anyways, uh, Sweetie from the Discord says, I wasn't expecting you to go live, Auntie. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming through. Uh, you Tried It says, you are the only YouTuber I pay for a subscription for. Thank you for the mess, but I really love your deep dives and when you get into real life troubles. Thank you so much. I appreciate your support. Um, Stop the Cat says, T, you're looking classy as F. Glad to be able to catch a live while I'm at work. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, let's see here. Jatoya Hale says, love the baby tea sipper you posted. Too cute. Oh, on my Instagram. Yeah, he was adorable. I was so happy when his mom sent me that video. I, I just happened to catch it in my DM. So he was too cute. You know, the babies be tuning in too. They tune into whatever their mamas is watching. Um, let's see here. Sabs says, let's get the lights up. Yes, y'all, please hit that like button, please. Thank you, Sabs. Regina Sanders says, I love the look on you, sis. Red looks good on you, boo. Love you, sending you good energy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, Michelle sent 1999 says, hey, T, hope all is well. Have you heard of the Ralph Yarrell story? Extremely sad. It happened in my city of Kansas City, Missouri. It's off the chain right now. The devil is working overtime. Things are getting more violent by the day. Um, was that the young boy? I think they said he went to the wrong house and was killed. I'm Googling now. I know they said they arrested the guy, Andrew Lester. So they've charged him with two felonies for shooting Ralph. Let me pull this up real quick here. I think this is short. Let's watch this video really quick. Because I was meaning to check on the update about the story. Let me share my screen. Okay. This is a shame. After a thorough review of the case file, the appropriate laws, and information gained during the investigation phase of the case, I filed two felony counts. Breaking news tonight. Charges have been filed in the shooting of Raf Yarl. Good evening yes. and thanks for joining us. I'm Josh Jackson. And I'm Carolyn Long. This comes four days after the 16-year-old was shot in the head after knocking on the wrong door. Our KCTV5 news team is following the latest updates for you. First tonight, KCTV5's Nathan Vickers is live to explain what law enforcement believes happened on that day. Nathan? That's right. Well, Lester is charged with first-degree assault and armed criminal action. I have those charging documents right here. They outline uh, what law enforcement say happens, and uh, Prosecutor Zachary Thompson took us through some of those charges earlier today. Uh, here's what he told us. He told us that uh, the charging documents reiterated that police narrative that Jarl had come to pick up relatives and had gone to the wrong address. He rang the doorbell but did not enter the home. According to the charging documents, Lester fired twice at Jarl with a 32 caliber Smith & Wesson revolver. He shot through the door, hitting Jarl in the head and chest. Lester cooperated with police afterward but was not arrested at the time. The 84-year-old man told police he was scared. It's unclear where Lester is right now. He's not in custody and he's not at home. Neighbors told us he was staying with someone. Thompson said his office approached this case impartially and objectively and believed that the justice system worked appropriately. Okay, I'm not, that was 10 minutes. We're not gonna play all of that, but I'm glad for the update. He should be arrested and charged with a felony. You know, it's, it's just really disturbing all of the stuff that goes on. You know, it's like, you can't even go to the wrong house. You know how people, pop up at my house by accident, 
you know, kids selling candy who pop up. There was a little boy who came the other day selling coupons for $20. I said, well, here, I gave it to him. It was, you know, for his church or something like that. But imagine if he would have rang. I wasn't expecting this little boy to ring my doorbell. I didn't know who the heck this little boy was. I would have never gone to the door with a gun and shot first and asked questions later. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, granted, he's old, but who gives a damn? You shot a 16-year-old in the head. How about just not answering the door? I mean, did that ever comprehend? How about, okay, somebody's at the door. I'm going to peek out the window. I don't recognize that person. Turn around. As long as they're not trying to break in and, you know, jimmy the lock, what did, why grab a gun and just start shooting through your door? So I mean, it makes me think, like, you know, if that was a, you know, a white face, would he have had that same reaction? Because he saw a black child at his door, his first thought is, this little black boy is coming to rob me or do me harm. And that is so sad. Now, they're saying the little boy is still alive. Um, he's in the hospital. But what, what kind of life will he have? I mean, he was shot in the head. Hopefully, you know, he can survive like that girl who got shot in the head at Offset's party, who seems to be doing very well. But a lot of times, once somebody's shot in the head, they end up, you know, brain damage you know, not able to use their, their bodily functions, arms, legs, it can be that bad. And all this because this young boy rung the wrong doorbell? I mean, it's just, it's sickening. It is really sickening. It's sad. And I know they're out there protesting and stuff as they should. And it's the fact that he wasn't arrested right away is just insane to me. You know, so like I said, Hopefully there'll be some resolves to this case. So thank you, Michelle. Um, let's see here. So I also want to go ahead and um, talk about this situation real quick before I get into the other situations. Now, this video is going viral today. It's of little Meech. Yeah, I know little Meech. He's on the, BF, the BMF uh, show on Stars, And so he went to a meet and greet. Now, I noticed, you know, a lot of influencers, celebrities, you know, actors, well, a lot of black actors. I don't really see as many meet and greets with like white celebrities, but I know like like a lot of black celebrities like to do these meet and greets and, you know, get togethers and stuff like that, and, you know, and charge a fee. And that's cool. But I'm going I'm to play this video for y'all because a lot of people are really debating uh, this what this situation. And I have my thoughts. I have my thoughts on this. I got a lot of screens, so give me a second here. Okay, here we go. So this, what state was this in? This was in Rochester. So I'm assuming it was Rochester, New York, is where this took place at. So let me share my screen real quick here. Okay. All right, so y'all just watched that video. Let me come back on the screen. 
So a lot of people are kind of conflicted about the video. Um, you know, of course, people should keep their hands to themselves. And I get that aspect of it. But for me, I'll, I'll never co-sign like a man being overtly aggressive to like just a female. She's really saying, let me see your drip. So it wasn't like she was grabbing his junk and all this stuff. She's saying, you know, let me see your drip because she wants to take a picture. He's like, you know, get the F off me. Don't touch me. And sir, you just got famous. Bring it down a, just a, a tad bit. You know, I, I just feel like a lot of these folks do these meet and greets and they want the money from the fans. But then they get there and act like they don't want to be there. I'm not. And it's not just him. I've seen this with a lot of influencers, podcasters, where they want the money. They want people to come and buy tickets and buy merch, but they don't want to take pictures. They want you to stand over there. They're talking about they're antisocial, but you're not too antisocial to take my money. Because if you're antisocial, then don't do an event. You know, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because I felt like, you know, I, I could tell she was just trying to be playful. Like, hey, you know, turn around, let me see your drip because he was facing the other way, but it's like, you're not even interacting with the other girl. The other girl's trying to talk to him. He's just stone faced, trying to look every which way in his dark shades. And my thing is people, you need to be humble. You need to be humble because BMF may not come back for a third season, sir. It ain't like your daddy's stories that long. It's not like this is, you know, Game of Thrones. Relax a bit. You know what I mean? Like Game of Thrones gave us a good eight years. Granted, I watched it in two months, but still. The BMF story would not be here eight years from now. Except for in reruns. So, you know, you bring it down just, just a notch. You know what I mean? I just, I didn't like that. And then it's one thing to say, you know, don't touch me or, you know, Please chill, shoddy. You know, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you can see the words he was mouthing to her, and you can see she was clearly embarrassed. I don't think she meant harm. You know, now I get some fans who act overzealous. You know, you jumping in shit and trying to pull my hair and pull my jacket. I get that. Now, you doing too much. But her just tapping him lightly saying, hey, let me see your drip. I, I kind of felt like that was a bit much. You know, like, I, I just, I feel like whenever I've done, you know, it ain't been a whole lot. But even when I did my meet and greets, I noticed that was one thing people were telling me afterwards, like you were so nice and you allowed people to hug you. And you know what I'm saying? You took pictures with basically everybody there, you know, and I just assumed that's how people should act. I didn't know until people were telling me like, thank you, because I've been to other meet and greets. Half the time they won't come off the stage. They won't talk to nobody. They got to make a grand entrance. They're an hour late, you know, so... Yeah, I think I, I wasn't really feeling that, you know, and I'm not like I said, you do have to respect people's comfort zones. But there's a difference. You know, when somebody's vibe is being nasty, you know, what I'm saying you can tell when somebody's vibe is being off or they're being threatening or, you know, grabbing on you aggressively versus somebody say, oh, you, let me see your outfit. OK, all right. You know, you, you can tell the difference. So I just I didn't like that. Um, yeah, I, I just think that, again, if. You guys don't want to interact with your fans. Stop doing these meet and greets and taking people's money. 
If you don't want to be around people, stop charging them $100 to come see you in the club. And you're standing there in the middle of the club like a statue with dark shades on. Nobody can see your eyes. You don't have a smile on your face. You're just smoking a blunt. Sir, I can watch you for free on television. I'm not paying $100 to come to the club and watch you blow smoke in my face and have a low vibrational attitude. And that's just keeping it real. Meech is fine. We're not going to take that from him, okay? Little Meech is fine, but I'm going to need you to tone it down because these same people will not be checking for you two, three years from now. You better hope that your career, you know, continues to pop outside of you being Big Meech's son, okay? So bring it down a notch. Fans are very fickle. And if enough of these videos keep going viral of you, you know, being aggressive towards female fans, we're going to move on. Because that attitude that he showed, that that makes me not want to pay no money to see Meech. That makes me be like, well, let me see the one that plays Terry and see how his attitude is. So I, I just I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, granted, you should be able to respect people's spaces. But also he was just, even before she touched him, if you watch the video, he was given off a vibe like, I'm that guy, don't touch me, y'all be over there, just breathing my smoke in my air, and that's it. So that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Now, I don't know if he's musty. Y'all are being messy. Now, they did say there was a rumor a while ago that they said, you know, he's fine, but smells like a bag of onions. But then he came out and cussed everybody out, said he don't smell like no bag of onions, and y'all going to stop playing with his name. So I don't know if he's musty or not, but the fact that that rumor still persists like a bad odor, he should be very fucking humble. Hell, he should have been hugging everybody in that room to prove that Red, to prove that he wasn't musty, okay? To prove that he was fresh, not just fresh, but zest, fully clean, okay? Should have been in that bitch hugging everybody. They try to say I smell like onions. I don't smell like onions, damn it. Come on over here and hug me and smell me. Smell like weed and zest. I'm just saying, y'all remember that commercial back in the day? Because you're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean. They had that towel and pump towel open and shit like that. They would flash the camera backwards. Yeah, he needed to be really humble. Because like I said, that, that musty onion uh, uh, reputation is still following him like a bad smell. So he really should have been very humble. Like, oh, can I see your drip? Sure, and I smell good too. Y'all see this drip? Yeah, go ahead and take a picture. You notice I smell fresh? You better let them know that I smell good. I don't smell like a bag of onions. <laughs> That's really how his attitude should have been, okay? Let's, let's keep that real. He should have been very humble and be very glad that people are willing to pay money not knowing if his ass is musty or fresh, okay? That's all I'm saying. Treat your fans better. Treat the people that support you better because, again, you can be up one moment, you're that guy, your show's on television, people are here for you, and then the next moment, nobody's checking for you. So be very humble and don't be so nasty towards your fans, little Meech, okay? You know, I'm a fan of his work. Y'all know I got stars just to watch BMF and just to show this brother support because all the things he went through, his daddy's been in prison for the past 20 years or some shit, you know what I mean? And the show's a good show. So, um, you know, I want him to learn from this and treat his fans better. If you don't want to be bothered with people, that's fine. Then don't do meet and greets, 
And that goes for all these celebrities. If, if you're antisocial and you're scared of energy and all that, then stay home. You can't be wanting people's money. And then when they pay money and they want to take pictures, you in the picture like this and shit. Fuck out of here. Okay. People are spending their time buying plane tickets, buying show tickets and everything else to come see you. Then behind the scenes, backstage pictures are not cheap. I remember when Cardi came to the Twin Cities and she invited me to her concert and I was backstage with her. And these were like the super fans. These super, these super fans paid about $3,000 to see Cardi. It was about, I want to say maybe about 10 to 15 people. You know what I'm saying? And she took a picture with each fan. She talked to each fan. She thanked them. She really gave them like a nice experience. It was really dope watching that. You know what I'm saying? And that's the least you can do. Somebody paying you $3,000 for a picture and a hug? Shit. I might have to twerk on you for $3,000, bitch. Hey! <laughs> I'm just saying. You go, you dropping me $3,000 at a meeting, green. You might get some little twerk action, honey. Okay? So, I'm, you know, be humble, honey. Be humble. So, yeah, they they was they they spent big money to see her. They were super fans in the Twin Cities child and they took pictures with her and like I said she was very nice, very accommodating to each fan. It was really sweet. It was really sweet to watch. So, like I said, I do a meet and greet somebody bring three racks. She <laughs> just saying that's a lot of money for you know what i'm saying uh, a five minute you know conversation and a picture <laughs> so anyways little meech be humble okay and be grateful that these people are coming to see you and you know spend extra money they're not just spending money on the stars package they're also you know going the extra mile to see you so be humble brother okay we go here read some of these super chats here uh let's see Ooh, hold on. We got a few that just came through. Uh, four, what, 420 lover. Okay. Well, 420 is coming up, sis. <laughs> Says T, did you hear about the 11 boy who chased and stabbed after he called an adult an NPC? He's alive in the ICU. No. About the 11 boy. I don't know who that is. The 11 boy. Mm -mm. who called an adult an NPC? What is an NPC? Hold on, let me Google. Uh, what is an NPC? Non-playable character? I'm confused. I don't know. I Googled it said non-playable character. They called, an, they called the adult a bot? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. You're going to have to rewrite that one. You must be high. <laughs> she on that 420 right now because that this this super chat, I'm confused, sis. You must be on that 420 right now, but we love you, though. Okay, we love you. Try it again because <laughs> I'm so confused. Um, let's see here. Sharice has sent two, says, hey, T, just stopping by to show love. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Savannah Dawson, 10, says, did you hear... The same thing happened in upstate New York, except the white man killed a white woman that accidentally drove in his driveway. Oh, my God. Happened the same day as a little boy. That is scary. You know what? I used to think that I used to never think anything about going up in people's driveways. And I remember when I lived in the South, that's one thing I learned. Because, um, you know, up north, we just we do that. You know, we just pull up in anybody's driveway. 
turn around. It's easier than going, you know, out your way. And I remember I was with, she was like a mother to me. And this was, I was living in South Carolina at the time. And I'm young and I'm like 23. And so we were on our way. I think we're on our way to church. We were going somewhere and we had missed the exit. And I ended up in some community, right? So I pull up in somebody's driveway and she like grabbed my hand. She's an older woman, right? She's old enough to be my mother. She like grabbed my hand. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like going up the driveway so I can turn around and, you know, go back out. She was like, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. You never go in anybody's driveway in the South. I was like, what? She's like, you know, these white folks come out their house and shoot you. I'm like, girl, this ain't the slavery days. But no, she was like so freaked out. And, you know, I didn't get it because, you know, being young, being from up north. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me hurt and, you know, back out. And she was like, TT, I'm telling you, don't never do that again. You take the long way. Because, you know, she grew up in like, I don't know, like the 60s or something. She was like, you never do that. Don't never go up nobody's driveway in the in South Carolina. We live in South Carolina. She was like, these white folks will shoot you because you're on their property. They'll get away with it. So what you just said reminds me of that. And this was years ago because I ain't 23 now, honey. So and I still think about that to this day. You know what I'm saying? And it may not really happen here in Minnesota, but I am more cautious now, you know, about pulling up in people's driveways. Because when I was younger, I, I did it all the time. Look, somebody say, hold on. Tyrell said it's true. I live in South Carolina. Yeah, I lived in. Oh, we was in Rock Hill and York, South Carolina. You know, York, honey. Very, very Confederate. OK, we was out that way. Yep. So. Yeah, and like she was really freaking out. Like I've never seen her like that. She was like, "No." She was like, "Y'all, y'all, you had that Yankee mentality. You, you not, you don't live up north no more. You live in the south." I'm like, "What in the what in the slavery days is going on? <laughs> like, what in the damn roots is going on here? You know?" But no, it's a real thing, and you know. So I learned. I learned pretty quickly. Like there's certain things you do in the south that you don't do. You know, so yeah, we was in the country, honey. Yes, yes. Listen, who who from Fort Mill? Okay, Diana. Diana Pierce says Fort Mill, South Carolina, in the house. Okay, Fort Mill. Ew. <laughs> I miss the Carolina so bad, honey. Yes, I used to live right off of Carowinds Boulevard, right by what is that? The Carowinds, the, the whole the amusement park. I used to live off of there, right on the border of South and North Carolina, right off of South Tryon. So y'all yeah, know I'm for the Carolinas, right? <laughs> so yeah, the, the Carolinas ain't no joke. Um, but yeah, I, I would have never expected that to happen in, in where, where did you say? Upstate New York. But then it might be one of them country hick towns. They got some of them up, upstate New York too. So, but that's scary. So yeah, I'll just be careful going up in people's um, driveways and stuff. You know, I don't mind people come up my driveway and as long as they turn their ass around, I don't mind. You know, people have driven up my driveway, but yeah, I'm not running to the door with, you know, pistols in hand. But yeah, some people do. So I remember that. I remember her telling me that. And I was just like, and I thought, you know, she was over exaggerating. Like, oh, you're tripping. You know, this is because it was like in 2000, like the early mid 2000s. I'm like, this is not the 60s. What are you talking? She was like, uh uh, I don't care if it's not the 60s. This is still going on in South Carolina. You do not go on somebody's driveway. She checked me that day on the way to church. <laughs> but shout out to all my 813s and 704s in the building. 8032. 
South Carolina, 803. Uh-huh. 912. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the super chat, though, sis. Um, let's see here. Kayla says, T, J Barber hates meet and greets, but keeps offering them. I paid 2000 for one just for him to cancel and only refunded a couple hundred dollars. I got my full refund, though. Now, Bawa was nice at his meet and greet. Yeah, some of y'all fans really be paying. And like I said, it's not for me to judge. It's not for nobody to judge. Because if you're a fan of somebody and you're willing to pay that money to meet them, then that person should understand like they are going above and beyond. They're not just buying your tickets. They really want to meet you as well. And it should be an experience for that fan. So I'm really sorry that JB just canceled on you, but I'm glad you were able to get your money back. The fact that they try to first offer a couple hundred dollars, they would have had life effed up. I'd have called my credit card company ASAP. Are oh, we going to get back this two grand? Okay. I mean, the fact that why that that's why I don't understand why keep doing meet and greets if you don't want to be there. If you don't want to be bothered and the fans get on your nerves, you just want to perform and go home. That's cool. Put on a show and go home. Why charge the extra money for meet and greets? And then you get back there, the person got an attitude. They don't want to sit next to you. They in the picture looking like this. As if it's a free picture. Like, come on now. I'm not going to be in the picture cheesing and shit, smiling from ear to ear, and you in my picture like this. <laughs> Been done fought, JB. Better get it together, bitch. We paying. These fans better let these celebrities know. Y'all are, you know, paying their bills and making them hot. You're not going to treat me like trash if I pay two grand. You're going to come in there with a hop and a skip in your step, bitch. Okay? Uh-uh. That's crazy. Yeah, people will pay that. I mean, you know, and that's her right to do that. People do with their money what they deem, you know, worthy. And if she felt the need to pay that much money to CJB, then so be it. She ain't going to be the first. She won't be the last. But I feel like at the end of the day, there needs to be a respect factor. And some of these fans be doing too much. Now, one thing I will say about beat him down Chris Brown is he know he need every last coin he can get. He's very good with his fans. Now, his meet and greets aren't cheap. I think they're like 3000 and up. But Chris Brown will have you in a headlock if you ask him or he'll pick you up. He'll, you know, shit, he'll probably dance in front of you, you know, give you a little strip tease. Chris Brown does go hard for his fans. He know he needs to keep them fans happy. Because half the country ain't fooling with him. So Chris Brown, he'll do a picture with a headstand if you let him. Okay, you pay him enough, he'll be upside down in a headstand. Legs clapping and shit. <laughs> let me stop. But yeah, Chris Brown goes hard for his fans. He do. He go hard for Team Breezy. I'm not going to lie. I I'll give him props for that. Is that he will go hard. He will dance and twerk and, you know... Make you feel like you're going to prom with his ass. I know that's right, Chris. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, Rashina show said, I heard he was musty. Yeah, I heard. I heard Lil Meech was musty, too. I remember that went viral, so. But now, the boy that plays Terry, I forget his name, forgive me. He did, you know, come out trying to have his brother's back. He was like, oh, no, he's not musty. He showers. I said, how much Lil Meech pay you to, to post this on Snapchat? <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Nanania said 999 says, okay, Red. Hey, sis, finally caught alive again. Just sprinkling some Discord support. Like the video, everyone. Thank you so much, sis. Thank you for coming through. Appreciate you. 
Um, Leon the God said 1999 says, dang, I miss being in the Discord. But this is the first live I've caught since my new trucking job. Thanks for all the info and encouragement to be different. Much love. That's awesome. I'm so glad that your trucking job is working out for you. And I'm glad you're able to catch this live. So thank you for joining me today. Um, let's see here. Oh, let's see. Kayla says, forgot to add. He charged 2K for a group picture with three other people. Even if you don't know them, oh, the devil is alive. Ain't no way in hell. If I'm paying Justin Bieber $2,000 for a picture, it better just be me and Justin Bieber. Haley can't be in that bitch. His road manager can't be in there. I don't even want to see security back there with their arms crossed and shit. Uh-uh. For $2,000, ain't no strangers in my picture. So that's insane. How you going to force people to be in a group? I could just ambush him on the street and jump in front of him and take a selfie for free. He better stop playing with me. Ain't no way in hell for $2,000. For $2,000, better get some licky lick. I'm just like, let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. Not some licky licky. But um, no, that's bullshit. With three other people that you don't even know. So y'all three strangers are, strangers are in his picture just looking at each other odd and shit. Like, okay, everybody say cheese. And then y'all post a picture and everybody's like, who's that? Uh, who's that? Uh, who's uh. Come on now. Justin, no, he rhymed for that shit. Not the tongue emojis, y'all stop. <laughs> y'all stop. <laughs> uh-uh, he got me messed up, and it wasn't, I wasn't even there. $2,000 ain't got to be a group picture? Shit. Absolutely not. <laughs> but thank you, sis, for the super chat. Uh, let's see here. Todd French 600 cent $2 says, I would pay for that twerk. Not saying, just saying, would you? It's going to cost more than $2, okay, Todd? <laughs> but thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you. Um, let's see here. Uh, Yvette says, let's show Lovely T some love. Hit the like button, y'all. Please hit the like button. If y'all are being entertained, hit that like button. Thank y'all for coming through. Uh, tiniest little kiwi sent $20 says, holla tea, discord gang gang. Thankful you've never been to a K-pop concert. You are arms and legs for a handshake and a wave and a quick hello. And how much did that cost? So they have all the K-pop people, like the super fans backstage, right in their tiniest kiwi, how much they charge you to do that. Because I'm sure they charge more than $1,000. You're not going to just Walk by and wave four thousand. Oh hell no! I be cat. I will grab every last little Asian boy. Come on, let's go. We're gonna be doing all types of little poses and shit. Uh-uh. You're not gonna just wave and walk. <laughs> Twenty five hundred dollars for the K-pops for them to wave and keep walking. Shit. You'd have to pop his ass back over here. Oh, no. We're not going to be standing toe-to-toe, arm-to-arm, like sardines, just to watch them walk by and wave for 2000 Uh-uh. Hell no. Them K-pop boys going to have to come over here and pop something. <laughs> Absolutely not. Now, you can walk by and wave for $10, okay? That's about it, but not for no uh, 2000 on up. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. So let me go ahead. I've been out here already 
46 minutes time be flying. So I want to go ahead and talk about this drama that is going on with Marquise Houston. So if y'all don't know, Marquise Houston was somebody from my childhood. I mean, I was a big fan of Immature. Then they broke up and they became IMX. We all know him from Sister Sister. Go home, Roger! That was the catchphrase. And, you know, we all liked Marquise Houston. He was very unproblematic up until recently. Um, I remember Raz B came out a few years ago, said that Marquise and, you know, uh, Chris Pokes, you know, had messed with him. We're not even going to go there with those allegations. But Marquise has been, or Marquise, is it Marquise? Yeah, Marquise Houston. He's been in the news lately because I remember a few years ago, he got with this really young girl. She was about 18 years old at the time. And so a lot of people had questions because Marquise at the time was 38 years old. And, you know, he's married to her now. I think she's like 22, 23. They have a child together. And so, oh, it's Marcus. <laughs> Somebody said it's Marcus. I'm sorry, it's been a long day. <laughs> Marquise. I'm running on this much sleep. It's been a long day. I'm saying like Marquise, Marquise. It don't Marcus. Sorry. I'm looking at the spelling and the, that cue is throwing me off, child. I'm like, why am I calling him? I don't remember calling him Marquise as a child. Marcus Houston is this man's name, child. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> Rewind that shit back. Marcus Houston. Thank y'all. I looked in the chat, I was like, his name is Marcus T. <laughs> this is why I love my, my, my live streams. You, know, you never know what you're going to get over here. Okay, Marcus. From, uh, from, uh, <laughs> from Immature, not Escape, from Immature. So he is in the headlines, okay? He's, he's married to this young girl. She's half his age. I believe he's like 18 years her senior. And so he decided to do an interview and it's going viral on social media with page six. And in this interview, Marcus, Marcus darling, okay, is basically explaining why he does not date women his own age. And he's saying that women his age come with a lot of baggage. So this is causing a lot of controversy and I want to talk about this. So we're going to go ahead all together and we're going to watch the interview of Marcus, AKA Batman from Immature, talk about why he does not want to date women basically who are in, you know, their forties cause he's 41. And this was somebody that, you know, as a child, I did like, I thought he was really dope. So we're just going to listen to him to what he has to say here. All right. They have to make up things about me because they just don't have enough. And they're so interested in me and interested in my wife and so it's like so interested, but what can we create so we can run with it? Because he doesn't give us anything, you know? <laughs> so I think that's a lot of the reason why people make up stuff too, because they just can't get it from me. But don't argue when you say, well, damn, at least she's black. That's a black woman I'm married. Right? You know what I'm saying? And that's true. Like, I, like all through the immature days, we would have light-skinned girls in our videos like, why can't you get a sister? Why can't you get a black girl? 
And then it's like, oh, y'all only like skinny girls. And it's just like, you know, the, the plus size women was coming out. And I'm just like, man, I just can't catch a break. But it might be true because everybody thought I was their husband. And I'm sorry, ladies, I'm taking. And, you know, Maya got me. So, I mean, if you want to be jealous, you can be jealous. But, you know, just love me. Watch the movies. Watch the entertainment. Just watch my life from a distance. <laughs> you know, I'm married sister. And, and you know, uh, she's beautiful and smart and talented. And, and she's caring and loving. And she's everything that I saw myself being in a relationship with. Right. And, you know, when you, when you look at a person's qualities, like I was talking to one of my friends. And I was saying, yeah, okay, I'm 41, right? She's 22. Um, I could have married a 40 one-year-old woman and it could have been disastrous. They could have felt like, you know, because I'll talk, I'll sit and talk to women and women that are my age and they kind of have a different outlook on life. You know, a lot of women my age are very independent. They are very like, you know, I don't need a man to do this for me because I could do this for myself. And I also, I come from a generation that I'm very, very, you know, love to provide for my wife. I love to provide for my woman and and I'm very in that generation, like the old days, you know, um, I would never want to be with a woman that felt like, oh, I don't need you out of, you know what I'm saying? Like that. So, you know, and there, there's a lot of women my age, I've dated women my age and, you know, they may have baggage, they may have kids, they may have not, you know, it's just, there's, there's so many different women that I've dated throughout my life. And this just so happened to be the one that caught my heart. So what was your red flag, like, when you, like, dating through all the time, I know you probably met, like, some of the most beautiful women in the world. What was some, like, red flag, like, nope, you're out. Nope, like, a red flag, he's like, I'm done. Next. Red flag for me always if a woman had a kid. Nothing against single women, single mm-hmm. mothers with children. I respect them. I love them. I feel like that's one of the, the toughest jobs to raise a child and to also raise a child by yourself and to be a woman. 100% tip my hat, respect to the women women that are raising children on their own. But just with me, for when I grew up, I never really wanted kids. And, you know, I would talk to my dad a lot, and he would be like, he would always tell me, look, have your own kids, because you never want to have, you know, you don't know what the baby daddy's about, you know, so, you know, if you're going to have kids, make sure as a woman that they never had kids before, you can have your own. So I kind of like stuck to that. So that was always my red flag. But then that's, again, that's a personal choice. Right. You know, that was my personal red flag. And a woman with an attitude. Like, just, I don't like women with attitudes, with funky attitudes that, you know, and, you know, my wife is complete opposite of that. She's so sweet. Like, everybody that meets her falls in love with her. She's a people person. She loves everybody. She loves my whole family. She embraced my lifestyle. And that was another thing. I, I, a red flag for me was a woman that didn't embrace my lifestyle. Because I have a huge life. You have all these people that I know that my family, I have all this extended family, I have a career, I'm always gone, I'm always busy. And to find a woman that could embrace all of that and say, bring it on. All right, y'all, let me come back on the screen, honey. All right, so y'all just heard from Marcus (laughs) Houston. So this entire situation is really interesting because this young lady who he's married to, who also has, uh, he, he has a beautiful daughter with her. Um, she's like 22, 23, which is very interesting because she's literally the same age as my oldest child. And um, let me say this, and I've said this before, so it's not super shocking. I do feel like people who don't have children 
have the right to be picky as far as, you know, if I don't have kids, I don't necessarily want to date somebody with kids. I can respect that. You know what I'm saying? And that goes for men or women. I've, I've always said that, that if you don't have children, you should be looking for other people who don't have children. So that way you guys can have kids together. It's more special. I hate when I see young girls who are in their mid-20s and they're with a guy who has like five kids by five different women. They don't have any kids. They're trying to play stepmom. They'll eventually be baby mama number six. I just, I just hate that. So I'm not mad at him saying that he doesn't want a woman with children. Why? Because he doesn't have children. That is his right. I don't, I don't take offense to that as somebody who has two children. Okay. But I, I don't like this attitude of where people think that because you have children, you also don't have no standards. Bitch, you got me all messed up. We don't talk. So I have two kids. I was also married to my children's father. So just because somebody is a single mother with children does not mean that they have standards. Don't mean they were out here just having kids willy nilly by any and everybody. And for me, I won't talk to a guy who has more children than I have because I'm, and especially if you have different baby mamas, it's really going to depend. It can't be more than two. I'm not trying to date a guy who has six kids by six different women and six different baby mamas. I, absolutely not. If I'm not bringing six baby daddies to the table, I'm not accepting somebody who got six baby mamas. So I, I hate when people have this attitude that because somebody has children that they don't have standards or they're just willing to accept anything. Absolutely not. Okay. So I'm not mad about that. I think if you don't have children, you have every right to say, hey, I don't want a woman who has two kids. I don't want a woman who has a baby. That is your right because you don't have a baby. So I can respect that for men and women. I've always said that, okay? My issue is the fact that, let's keep it real, Marcus, you're way older than this young girl, right? So of course, she's not necessarily gonna be coming to the table with the child unless she was a teen parent. So what you've done now is put her in a position, right? Where she's your wife, she's born your child, but let's say 10 years from now, it doesn't work out, okay? Let's say 10 years from now, you know, God forbid, y'all break up, she finds her worth, she realizes that you, you know, groomed her allegedly, and she decides to move on. So now is your wife at that point baggage? Is your child baggage? Is your child unworthy of being loved by a man who's willing to accept her and that child? You see how hypocritical and messed up that is? That you're saying this because you're with her right now, but if y'all break up and she decides to go her separate ways, should that should a man then look at your own daughter as trash and baggage? And and you know, she's unworthy of being loved because you're the father. You know, so we gotta watch the things that we say. Children are not baggage, okay? Children are human beings that deserve to be raised by both a mother and a father in a loving home. But things happen, people separate, people break up. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's backstory to how they came into being a parent, male or female, is different. You have the right to choose and, you know, do what deems worthy for your life. But I just hate this misconception that people are constantly calling other people baggage. And just because somebody's in their 40s, 
you are a lot different in your 40s than you are in your 20s. So saying that a woman in her 40s is, I don't need no man, I'm a strong woman, this, this, and that. Most women who talk like that in their 40s have been through a lot of nonsense and they are choosing peace. They're not moved by your celebrity status. They're not moved by your money. They're not moved by, you know, trinkets. They are choosing peace and that is okay. A woman in her 20s, she's just now experiencing life. So she's not probably not as jaded. She hasn't been through a lot of ups and downs. So, of course, she's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. This also goes for men in their 20s. Let you know I me mean? little 25-year-olds try and talk to me. I'm like, no, you're old enough to be my kid. They're still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. They want to learn from you. They want to be around you. They like your energy as an older person, right? So, of course, the energy is going to be different because I could take that same conversation and say, when I see men who are in their 40s, they come off jaded, bitter, always complaining about child support, but somehow no personal responsibility to the fact that they got five different women pregnant, hence why they're on child support and still paying child support. So it's just an age thing. You know what I'm saying? As you get older, you've experienced more. Good, bad, ups, downs. But again, we also have to remember that energy attracts energy. So if you're only attracting bitter 40-year-olds, maybe you yourself are a bitter 40-year-old, sir. Maybe you're upset because your name is not mentioned with the greats. I, hell, I forgot his name was Marcus. We can go back to a few minutes ago when I kept calling him Marquise. Nobody mentions this man's name. And I'm not taking away from him. he could sing and immature was a cool group, but nobody's, oh my gosh, I remember, oh, and then and then immature and IMX. Nobody's talking about them like that. You weren't B2K. You weren't even a new addition. So maybe you yourself are bitter because your career hasn't popped since go home, Roger. I'm just keeping it real. Because again, if you're so light and bright and happy, because you said that's what your wife is, that's you know what attracted you to her, that should be the energy that you're portraying to any woman who's coming around you. There's, there's a lot of 40-year-old women out here who are happy and living life, and some have kids, some don't, and they're handling their business. So you, you notice people always wanna blame the other person, but what is it about your energy that's only attracting bitter bitches with a bunch of kids? Because for you to not have any children, why are you only attracting, you know, old bitter women with, you know, three kids by three different baby daddies? That's weird. Because I don't attract that. I don't even have the type of demeanor where you think you could even holler at me and you got a whole bunch of damn kids. I'm not interested. <laughs> one guy did one time. Check out about six kids. <laughs> How many kids? Were you married to any of the women? Nah, you know, things happen. Not, not interested. Next. Not entertaining that. So I, I don't like this idea that people think that because people have children or because they're single parents, that somehow their bar is set low. Absolutely not. You can still set the bar high. You can still have standards and you can date people who have children, you know? And again, and I'm even as picky as, okay, you have two kids. What are the ages? Are your kids closer to 20 and getting out the house? Or do you have a two month old baby? I might have a dude trying to talk to me. He had a six month old. You and your baby mother need to work this out. I'm not talking to a guy with a six-month-old child. I'm not interested. If I want a six-month-old child, I'll get knocked up and have one myself. 
And then you got it. And then it's a new babe. You got to deal with the crazy baby mama because she don't want you around her newborn, which I definitely understand. So that's the, you, you got to be really picky about certain things when people have kids. You know what I'm saying? Do you only have daughters? Or you just a girl dad? What are their ages? Because I'm a boy mom. You know, even things like that, you got to really, you know what I'm saying, look at. Because I remember, you know, somebody I went to school with, the parents fell in love. Had she had, you know, her mama, the little boy had the daddy. Now the boy was fine. We all liked the boy. Well, well guess what happened? They started messing around and messed around and got pregnant and had a child. So those are all things you got to weigh, you know, because this ain't the damn Brady Bunch. Some of these kids will start, you know, stepbrother or not. Them parts work. And ain't nothing more weirder than having a baby by your stepbrother, but it happens. So these are all things you have to, yeah, for real, it happens. I mean, the girl, she's fine. She, the, the baby's in like her 20s now. I saw her the other day on Facebook. Pretty girl, but you know, that's, you know, stepbrother, stepdaddy, uh, stepbrother, stepsister situation. That's how she was conceived and, you know, whatever. Good stories. You know, no judgment towards the child. She didn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, it happened. They were teenagers. That's what I'm saying. So these are all things you have to really take into account when dating. You know what I'm saying? We're getting in a relationship with somebody, you know, like that's cute. We in love, we in love. But guess what? Your son is like fine as hell. So now she's in love with your son. Okay. So yeah, it, it really happens. Yeah. They ended up being teen parents. It was just, it was, it was. I'm going to stop because everybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> we going to stop. But yeah, that, you know, whatever. Um, it happens. So yeah, I just, you know, Mar Marcus, stop. Just love your wife in peace and stop doing these stupid ass interviews. You know, now a lot of people feel like, you know, he should get in trouble. What do y'all want to happen in this case? You know, I see a lot of people who are outraged about him dating this young girl. Like, what do y'all want to happen? Because there's really nothing that can happen. Do y'all want Child Protective Services to do what? She's grown now. Do y'all want the, the baby at the home? There's nothing y'all can do. So I feel like it's wasted energy. Everybody keeps screaming. He's a groomer and she needs to leave him. She's not going nowhere because she he if he groomed her, she's found a comfortable home. Because it seemed like she was a runaway. Her parents and her family weren't really there for her. So he basically exploited that. But I find it interesting that he says that he's known her since he was 17. But he made sure to not holler at her until she was 18. Okay, sir. But again, these relationships to me, they're not like, this is nothing new. Like Marcus is not the first to do this. That's why I feel like sometimes social media has all this outrage because it's cool to be outraged about something. But a lot of y'all's grandparents, okay, check your grandfather's age versus your grandmother's age and then come back and holler at me. Because a lot of y'all's grandfathers were in their mid to late 20s fucking on grandma who was 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It don't make it right, but that's what I'm saying. Let's not act brand new. Like this is something new and that this has never happened. And if, and if your grandpa didn't do that, then bless his old heart. But there's a lot of grandparents who there's several years differences. So I'm, I'm not surprised. But I just don't like this, this attitude that somehow, you know, I'm a 40-year-old man and everybody over the age is, you know, every woman over the age of 30 is somehow tainted. So I have to go and get with, you know, young girls who are 25 and, and under. 
And when, when in reality, a lot of y'all old men ain't doing nothing but messing up their lives. Because y'all are getting these girls young, messing with them, messing with their head, giving them a baby. And you y'all still out here cheating, doing what y'all want to do because she's young and naive. She wants to fight everybody over you. And then one day she wakes up in her 30s and understands like, damn, I've been played this whole time. He wasn't really the man that I thought he was. I thought he was my protector and he was only playing with my mind because I was so young. And then you fast forward, that same 25 year old is now 35, 40. And she's bitter and she's upset because she wasted the best years of her life chasing some old ass peen with gray, with gray pubic hairs. Instead of running behind other 25, 26, 27 year olds, you know what I'm saying? With fresh balls that still are tight. <laughs> <laughs> let me stop you know what i mean i'm just saying a lot of y'all be messing up these young girls and then these young girls that y'all done you know mess with and fuck with in their 20s now they're in their 30s and 40s and mad and bitter so if a lot of these 40 year olds feel away look at your daddies and look at your uncles because a lot of y'all's uncles and daddies mess with their head to the point where they're angry and mad and bitter in their 40s like let's keep that real so like I said, you know, while he's doing all this talking, I hope this relationship lasts and they have, you know, happily wedded, blessed. That's their business, and, you know, whatever. But he needs to understand that this relationship ends up where they break up and get a divorce because now she sees her worth when she turns 30. He better hope that the next man don't see his daughter as some type of baggage and unworthy of love and treat his daughter like just some stepchild and not his own. So make sure that, you know what I mean, you keep that same energy. Yeah, I just I just don't like that, how people act like, you know, once you get a certain age, you should just roll over and die. Absolutely not, honey. You know what I'm saying? Because I know there's some 40-year-old men out here who are handling their business, who are fine as wine, and you know what I'm saying, who got themselves together better than any 20-year-old. And the same can be said for 40-year-old women. You know, so if you don't want a 40-year-old woman, that's your preference, that's great. If you want to be with somebody younger, that's great. Because some people feel like, well, you're pushing the age of 40. You probably can't get pregnant, all that shit. Who knows? That's great. But there's no need to disrespect people as far as, you know, being ageist or talking about, you know, people having kids. It's baggage. And it's very funny that men think that way when it comes to women with children. You know, it's baggage. But yet and still, these same men will not hold other men accountable who are creating the so-called baggage. You notice that? You know, when has Marcus ever come out and said, hey, Future, how about you stop creating more baggage? How about you stop knocking up so many women? Hey, Diddy, how about you stop creating all this baggage and different baby mamas? And whoever else got a bunch of damn kids, y'all can put their names. NBA young boy, how about you stop creating all this baggage? Little dirt, more baggage. You notice they never hold the men accountable for creating the baggage. But somehow the women who are left holding the said baggage, they get all the blame. But they never hold their male counterparts accountable. So if, if these women have all this baggage, why are y'all not holding the men accountable for knocking these women up? It, it definitely takes two. So he needs to say, Nick, thank you, Nicholas Cannon. Thank you. Now, Nam person has called out Nicholas Cannon yet. And this man is out here having babies like, you know, like it's sport. Out here don't even know all the kids' names and shit, thinking this is cute. 
and men are really applauding this and, and excusing him. Well, you know, I've got four kids and sometimes I forget their name too. It's not the same thing. We all mix up our kids' names. You know how many times, especially now that my oldest and my youngest, they both got deep voices. It's hard for me to tell them apart sometimes. But I know my children. They ain't but two of them. This man has 12 kids. You cannot compare somebody who got four kids who accidentally names, you know, says, oh, John instead of Timmy to a man who's sitting here trying to recite his kids' name like he's DMX in that song. It was Rhonda, Letitia. Like, come on, let's stop excusing Dickless Cannon. So until Marcus Houston calls out Dickless, Diddy, NBA young boy in future, I don't want to hear shit about baggage and women having baggage and bastard babies and all this nonsense. Because y'all never hold y'all male counterparts accountable for knocking up said women. Y'all know how I feel about Nick Cannon, baby mamas. I've been done dragged them. They're just as trashy as he is. Ain't nothing but a whole clown circus, all of them. The only people I feel bad for is Miss Mariah Carey, who didn't ask for this bullshit, and the kids, who didn't ask to be here. As far as the adults playing in this circus, I don't feel bad for none of them. <laughs> Somebody said, don't forget the three Kims. <laughs> so yeah, Mar Marcus Houston needs to sit down with that. He needs to just go enjoy his underage wife, who's now of age, and... Sit down, okay? Go live off in peace. And then, and then what was up with the dark skin reporter? Like, yeah, I'm so happy you got a black girl now. Girl, stop. Stop pandering. He went and got a black girl who was underage. Stop. So now, let's see here. I'm going to read some of these comments. Uh, Jasmine says, the real tea is the woman is what women wants Marcus around their kids, child. Ooh, that part. Um, Let's see here. B, B. Lade, Sam Five says, Marcus Houston be lying. The religion is full of traditional women who seek traditional marriages. He sought out a missing teenager over a beard. Mm. Yeah, I heard the girl was a runaway and all types of stuff. Like I said, we're not going to get into all that during this live stream. But I definitely heard a lot of shady things about how he came to meet this young girl. You know, so he might want to sit down and stop talking before they really start investigating. Because from what I'm hearing, there might be some, you know, investigations going on in that camp. Especially concerning all this nonsense. Because, you know, now that everybody is going and digging back into old cases. You know, we have the R. Kelly situation, a bunch of other stuff. They might want to tread real cute. Chris and all of them and all the nonsense that, you know, allegedly they put Raz B and the whole uh, immature crew, B2K crew through. Because from what Raz B said, Marcus was one of them also messing with him as a child. Allegedly, those are the words of Rasby, not mine. So he might want to calm down, tie my baggage, because it sounds to me like he he has a lot of baggage tied to him as well. I'm sorry, I'm thirsty. <laughs> oh, that was a longo sip. Anyways, um, next. 
Courtney J says, please, we're not checking for you. You just want to groom her because you know us older women won't fall for your BS and we'll call you out on it. Exactly. Thank you for the super chat, sis. Um, let's see here. Scorpion Sin 5 says, Beyonce always doing meet and greets with hundreds of people and celebs in her face asking for pics and always smiles. That's awesome. I wonder how much Beyonce charges. Because if Cardi B was charging three grand, I can only imagine how much it is to meet Beyonce. And them damn beehive people, they will pay the money. It's probably $10,000 to meet Beyonce. Girl, bye. I'll catch you in the streets. God willing, we will run across each other's paths for free. Oh, I'm not paying $10,000 to meet anybody. Beyonce or not. Oh, let's see here. Um, Katie Bryant sent 10 says, the math still ain't mathing. He's 40, she's 22. <laughs> they were married or in a relationship for 10 years. 22 take away 10 equals 12. 40 take away 10 equals 30. I don't think he was in a relationship with her for 10 years. I know I've been hearing about them for a while though. I'm talking about for a few years. So for her to only be in 22, she was definitely underage at some point in time because I've been hearing about her and him for a good five years now. She ain't but 22. Like I said, she's the same age as my child. And I guess. I just feel like at 22, because I watch like my son and his friends, they're all still trying to figure out life and, you know, who they are and, you know, just working and just trying to make it day by day. None of that is interesting to me at my big age. When I look at a 22-year-old, all I see is struggle. But again, that's just me. The only thing I would think from a 22-year-old that they could do that they're of legal age would be sex. And even that's weird because that's the same age as my child. I can't look at a 22-year-old and see comfort and protection. And maybe it's different because I'm a woman. But everything he's saying, he's trying to act like she's just just so mature. And she, she, no, she's just a housewife. What else would she have going on at 22 besides just being a housewife, making sure the house is clean and putting out? Did she even graduate high school? Did she go to college? I mean, she might have, I don't know, but I'm just, these are just questions I'm asking. Like when I see 22 year olds, I just see struggle. They're trying to figure out life trying to pay bills and you know what I mean? And let them, let them enjoy their, their young life. Like I, I wouldn't want my 22 year old bringing home a 35, 40 year old woman. I wouldn't, I mean, there's nothing I can do. He's grown, right? But I'd be like, well, where's the girls your age? And especially she got kids, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> Have her kids run around my house all loud and shit. I remember one of my son's friends was dating, you know, an older woman. She was like 30. He was like 21, 22. She had like two kids. And they were just running him ragged. I said, why are you even being bothered? Dump her and move on. Go enjoy your 21-year-old life. Why are you trying to play stepdaddy? Let her find a 30-year-old to play stepdaddy with. You're supposed to be out here clubbing and, you know, going to school and living your life. It ain't your job to take care of her and her two kids. 
And then, you know, we put these young folks in a situation to play, you know, step parent and all this shit. And then once they get to be 25, 30, you know, they get mad because they done spent their 20s running behind older people and their so-called baggage. Let people in their 20s live their life and have fun. Child. That's what I told him. I said, you need to get rid of her. Let her go find a man in his 30s to help her and go live your 21-year-old best life. Y'all, enjoy y'all's 20s. That's all I'm going to say. Enjoy. We only have one life. We only have so much time here on earth. Go out. Mix, mingle. Get all that. Sow your wild oats. Get all that wild shit out your system. So that way, once you're ready to settle down in your late 20s, 30s, you're more mature. You're ready to do that. You know? So I just feel like a lot of times when older people are dating really young people, they're using them, one, for their energy, and two, to make themselves feel good. Like, oh, I can still pull that young man or young woman. Oh, I still got it. It's more like an ego thing. You know what I'm saying? Because they know a lot of people their age are not going to put up with bullshit. Like, you know, that, that's just what it is. At my age, you have to bring certain things to the table. I don't want to hear you're in your late 30s, early 40s, and you're still working on credit, and you've never owned shit, you don't have a car. I don't want to hear that. But a 25-year-old, they're struggling too. So they're willing to entertain it because she don't have much. So, oh, yeah, we can struggle together. Not me. I'm not, I'm not doing struggle relationships at my big age. And I have the right to say that. It is what it is. So that, that's what a lot of that is. When you see a lot of people dating really, really young, a lot of times they don't have themselves together. And I'm not just talking about financially. Sometimes it's emotionally. You know, that, that emotional maturity has not kicked in. They still want to live and act like they're still young. I, I'm not doing struggle situationships. Mm -mm. No, ma'am. <laughs> um, let me read a few more. Um, let's see here. Misunderstood said, rest in peace, Quindon Traver. Yeah. Quindon was spilling a lot of tea before he died. A lot of tea. Rest in peace to him. Uh, let's see here. S. Brian says, YT on one won't let me post what I actually wanted to say. Such foolishness and censorship. Anywho, you look beautiful, T. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yes, the censorship is crazy on here, unfortunately. Um, oh, I've been out here an hour and 21 minutes. Oh, wait, that Marcus segment, honey. That, that went a lot longer than I expected. Um, let's see here. Uh, Adelaide McKenzie says, blessings. I caught a live. It's after 1 a.m. in London. I love your uploads, T. T Sippers, how long you been on? Keep being great. I've been on for an hour and 21 minutes. Thank you for coming through, sis. Uh, let's see here. I am honey. I am honey peace says single woman with no kids get shitted on and looked down on for not having kids, regardless of the reason why. Thank you for going live today, T. I needed that. That is so true, too. People who don't have children, that's why it's always funny when you'll have people talk about, oh, um, you know, get with somebody who don't have kids. I definitely agree with that, especially if you're young. You know, y'all should start life together. But yes, a woman, especially if she's older and she doesn't have kids, people will look down on her. Like, why don't you have children? What's wrong with you? Just like a man. A man, if he's older and he does not have children, women will be like, what's wrong? Is something not ticking? Why don't you have kids? 
So yeah, once you get a certain age, people do look down. Yep, Ashanti's one. A lot of people be looking down on Ashanti like she was with Nelly all that time. How come she don't have no kids? So yeah. So I think even if he was to meet a woman in her 40s who didn't have kids, that wouldn't be good enough for him. That's what I'm saying. Like, stop playing these mind games. Just say you want a young woman who didn't have kids that you can mold and shape into the wife that you want her to be and move along. All that, all those, all that mush mouth bullshit, because that's what it was. Because even a lot of older men are not checking for women who don't have kids, who are older. Now, if they're younger and don't have kids, they're, they're game. But if they're 38 and they don't have children yet and they're still fertile and they want a family, it's like an issue for some people. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, sis. Don't let anybody make you feel bad for not having children. You know what I'm saying? If it's meant to be, it will be, but it's nothing to feel bad about. It doesn't make you less of a woman or less of a man. It just means you haven't found the right person to have children with in this point in time. So let's see here. Um, so now let me go ahead and talk about the next topic here. Oh my gosh, we got to get on this. This whole King Von thing. This is about to be a two hour stream, y'all, because I got a lot to say about this. Now, y'all have been asking me for a while, and I hadn't gotten a chance to watch it until this week because I have been busy. Uh, the King Von serial killer documentary was released by this white man named Trap LaRoss. He's a YouTuber. Now, what's very interesting about this, if you guys, who remembers, put a teacup in the chat, when me and BL Sherelle did a podcast close to two years ago after King Von died, and I said flat out, King Von was a serial killer. I, I, there is no RIP coming from me. I don't mourn people who kill multiple people. And the fact that this is being praised is bullshit. If this was a white man in the Ozarks, who was kidnapping people and killing them and leaving their bodies throughout the Ozark Mountains, nobody would be calling them a savage and a goon. They would be called a serial killer. Y'all remember I said that? I've been calling King Von a serial killer for the, ever since that man died. So the white boy then made a serial killer documentary about King Von. I got a chance to watch it. It was three hours. I said, well, damn, this is a deep dive for that ass. But it was good. It was good. Let me say this first and foremost. I can respect a documentary because they are not easy. Um, I have watched Trap LaRosse's work before. Um, he did a great job on the whole drama with the Jacksonville boys that, you know, spot him, got him, and young Ace, young and Ace, and Julio, Fulio, Coolio, whatever. He did a good job breaking that down. But I will say this. It was something he did that turned me off. He was, he, I, I forgot what documentary or what video but he had like his hair and twisties. It was like rainbow colored. I don't know. He was trying to act like some type of hip hop. You know, to me, he was playing digital blackface. And I forgot what video, but once he did that, trying to, he had gold teeth and he was just doing too much. I tuned out. I stopped. Like if you're going to do documentaries, do documentaries, but all these little caricatures of rappers, I wasn't here for it. So I kind of tuned out. So when people were telling me to watch this documentary, about um, King Von, I, it was long, so I had to break it up over the past few days. But I got a chance to fully watch it. And this is a lot of stuff that I had been known. Um, I've been on that Reddit subreddit where they've been putting the pieces together for years. Um, I thought he did a good job. I thought it was well done because the way he did it, the way it was shot, the way it was edited, 
it was a masterpiece. It was a lot of work. And one thing for me as an editor, I can always respect somebody who takes time to gather facts, to do really good editing. The editing was on point. And the fact that it was that long, I can tell you, it probably took him a month or more to do that entire deep dive. These deep dives, that, that's nothing he did overnight. And then he wasn't doing a voiceover, he was on camera. So that's even more work when you're on camera, you know what I'm saying, speaking and, and doing all that stuff. So yeah, it was three hours, it was long. Now, from what I heard, there was some controversy. They said King Von's cousin, uh, y'all can write the name in the chat, child. They said that um, King Von's cousin got the documentary flagged. And they, okay, he said it took him three months, okay. I knew it took him a while. Okay, so three months. I wasn't sure, but I knew it had to take a month or more. So thank y'all for um, posting that. So it took him three months. I can believe that because it was well detailed. And just, y'all got to realize, just the research alone takes so much work to research and get everything in chronological order. And I don't know if he does this himself or if he has a team. I'm not sure. But this was a very good documentary. Okay, this was like Netflix level to me, in my personal opinion. Now. I was Balo. Thank y'all for writing the cousin's name. Balo Man. I, was, I, don't, I ain't got time for all this ratchet shit. Balo Man came out <laughs> and said, you know, hey, you're you're making my cousin look bad. How dare you? And he got YouTube to take down the documentary. So I think when I went to go watch it initially, I couldn't find it. I said, well, damn, grand opening, grand closing. So then it came back. So I was able to watch it the other day. So I watched it. I enjoyed it, but I will say this. It is very interesting how a man from the UK who's very far removed from anything that's going on here in America has been able to set himself up very nicely, get a nice bag, honey, off of, once again, black death, murder, debauchery, and bullshit. Okay, he's all the way in the UK. And I noticed a lot of rappers before this King Von situation, they've never given him as much smoke. And I've, and I've spoken about this when me and BL Sherelle did another podcast. They've never given him as much smoke as they did DJ Academics and other people who, you know, who made those Warren Chirac videos and stuff like that. Just like they'd never give a lot of smoke to like No Jumper and things like that. It's like if a white man is talking about these issues, then it's, you know, oh, he's just doing a deep dive. He's just doing a YouTube video. But when black people are doing it, y'all need to chill. Y'all are snitching and all this stuff. So I just, I thought that was very interesting. Now, another thing that was very interesting is the dialogue that came from this. And this is what I want to talk to y'all about. We're not going to watch all these clips. We're going to watch a few. He ended up doing a, a meetup here with uh van lathan who used to be excuse me he used to be from tmz but now he has his own podcast and some guy from chicago king dave so they they interviewed trap la ross and dj academics but this clip is just with the three men let me share my screen. We're going to watch this. And I have, I have a, a, a few things to say about this here. Okay. 
All right. And shout out to whose channel is this? Live from the teapot. Shout out to you. All right, we're going to watch this. I felt like he did meet the requirements that the FBI have for a serial killer. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm not involved in that life. I'm not in a gang. And I feel like, uh, you know, I'm just a guy on the internet consuming music, reviewing music, looking at song lyrics. And, you know, I didn't feel like I shouldn't be able to talk about this and uh, put the documentary out. It's obviously gotten a big response. Mm. Um, some good, some bad. You know, I'm not afraid of having the debate about it. And I know some people's feelings have been hurt. And I'm down to listen and uh, maybe understand why maybe some people didn't feel good about the video. But that's my perspective. You know, the guy was super famous. He was charting on Billboard with songs talking about how many people he killed. And I think I, I decided to look into it and make a video. I will um, explain a serial killer to me. The definition that you received from the FBI. So the FBI defines a serial killer as somebody that's killed three or more people with space in between each of the killings. So not going on a killing spree and killing seven people in the same day. It's killing people with time passing. You've got time to think about what you're doing in between the killings. And killing seven people, I don't think makes you a serial killer. The other element of, of what FBI defines as a serial killer is the element of psychological gratification. So people getting something out of the killings, people getting a sense of self-esteem or a sense of excitement out of the murders, a sense of excitement about not getting caught. And I feel that really the time when, when Von could really be classified as a serial killer isn't when he killed all those people, allegedly, in the gang war. It's when he started rapping about it. It's when he started trying to convince the whole world that he had done this. He wanted the whole world to know that he had seven bodies, as he said, and he wanted to continue killing people. He had that famous lyric where he said, uh, killed some N-words, I'll do it again. You know, he allegedly put up $100,000 and arranged for FBG Duck to be killed after becoming a millionaire. So I think it's really not the fact that he was in a situation, you know, where unfortunately he was pushed into violence by circumstances of where he grew up. That's not what I think makes him a serial killer. I think it's unfortunate a lot of people are born into difficult areas and are forced to do things to survive. But I think when it came to Vaughn, when he became famous, he became a millionaire, he kept one- Let me fast forward a bit to when this black man, King Dave talks. But again, and that they can't play with you, you know, that's how- Even though it's going on, every time it jumps into the people's eye, it gets bigger. And somebody else builds up more courage to go out here and do and commit more killings. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's deeper than just Vaughn. Like, you got to think about Vaughn kids growing up watching the video about they found the man a serial killer. It's okay. He rapped about it. Parents and, 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 and they people couldn't explain music to them because being an artist, you're a character. So I think the people that's like you, that's not really in this, not really from the culture, y'all take it as if, damn, this really won. Oh, this really such and such. These people be characters. You ever seen Famous Dex? He be two different people. The baby, he be two different people. So just because Vaughn was just tweeting, oh, I want to catch a body. He could have been talking about knocking down a female or something. You know what I'm saying? Or he could have just been tweeting it. That don't mean that these things actually really be going on. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of people. Like I was on the phone with TF, THF Zoo yesterday, right? Bay Zoo. Y'all don't even know these YouTube videos be having them people picking them up.
times when they spend time in the county and they fighting another case, y'all drop a YouTube video about a body. Them people come pick them up. He in the crib chilling or a little less and then doing his time. He getting picked up. All because of YouTube videos. And Vaughn didn't tell you, oh, I killed KI. I killed this person. I killed this all speculations, but I understand like your whole point. Like he put it out there for the people, right? But I just be wanting y'all to think about when y'all put these videos out about the people that's still living in these communities that possibly end up shot, killed, or just a whole nother war. And it'd be like, y'all make y'all money off YouTube, y'all get so famous that y'all don't even care. But at the end of the day, we got innocent women, grandmothers, grandfathers dying off of you because of YouTube videos. And my, I mean- Because of me. Your video, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's sparked because I've been on the phone with people and they was mad about the Lil' James situation. Like when you put the wrong picture up there, that created something. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't really know what really came from that. You know what I'm saying? Because you put that body on, on Vaughn. Now they slide on somebody from O Block and they ain't kill somebody over there now. All because you put the wrong picture up there. But you ain't gonna you, kill you notice how he's more mad at the Ron picture being up there than the fact that somebody was actually killed. And sometimes wrong pictures can end up as you're editing because sometimes when you go to Google, there's all these images that come up. So, I mean, I've done that before where I've used the wrong picture of somebody because it looked just like the person I'm talking about. So mistakes can happen, but there's more smoke for that mistake than the fact that somebody actually took a young man's life, regardless if that was his picture or not. Sympathy from that. But that mother, that father, that daughter, that son, they gonna feel all of that. You feel what I'm saying? And I don't even want to say like no hater, like I'm knocking your video because I'm really not knocking it. I understand what's going on, and I told you, if they get online and they these rebels, they tell on themselves. But my whole point is, be thinking about the bigger picture sometimes, and make sure you got real facts. Because if Bud didn't tell you this, you're right; it's all speculation. But just know you keeping the wars alive with everything that's going on. When you mention those ten people, just know it's people on the other side sliding now. That probably won't even think about sliding them in old block because why they got other ops but now when you go mention Vaughn and they killed little such and such guess what just know they were sliding and people like you do be the cause for that bro okay I let me let me stop because I can't take any more of the foolishness um and like I said no disrespect I've never heard of King Dave I, I don't know who this is my issue is the lack of accountability. Y'all got more smoke for this white boy in the UK and this documentary that he put out that y'all don't have to watch. So let's start there. They got more smoke for that than the fact that King Von himself was perpetuating this lifestyle. He was perpetuating this image. Like, let's, let's stop acting willfully ignorant. You don't know if catching a body was killing somebody or getting a female. We all know what it means to catch a body. Like, let's stop. They put this in the music. We all know what it is to go out and go get some ass. Big difference. And so the, the thing that's very interesting when I watch all this, you know, is the fact that you have Van Lathan sitting up there as well. Now, I ran across a show that Van Lathan did. Um, I was watching it um, 
maybe like a month or so ago in my bathroom while I was doing my hair and stuff. And he was going like some, it's like a show where he goes to uncover hip hop deaths. So he goes to, he the one I watched, he was talking about Pop Smoke. What really happened to Pop Smoke? And he was doing interviews with people that we've never heard of, this, this, and that. So my question is, when Van Lathan is doing his investigative journalism work, is he not exploiting the hood? Is he not exploiting situations? Yes, it's on WeTV. Is he not exploiting gang stuff and, and gang drama and black on black violence? Is he not making a name for himself doing the same thing that these YouTubers are doing? Like, it's very interesting that people have all this smoke for YouTubers, but they don't have smoke for the people who are doing the same thing. Everybody is exploiting everybody, including myself. This live stream I'm talking about Latasha and Chris Brown and different people, that's what it is to do commentary. There's always going to be a bit of exploitation. And Van Lathan is doing the same thing. So for this guy to be so upset to me doesn't make any sense. Also, why has nobody ever held LeBron James accountable? LeBron James has far more reach than a Trap LaRosse, a DJ Academics, me, y'all know I ain't got that much reach compared to these guys. But where's the shame for LeBron? Let me go ahead and refresh y'all's memory. Because remember, it was LeBron James who really put a lot of people on to King Von. You know who the hell King Von was like that? To LeBron James, who I follow, okay, because I'm into sports, was banging uh, King Von while he was working out. Google how many times LeBron has shouted out King Von. Let me share my screen. Because we bring receipts around these parts. Here we are. Let me let me make myself smaller. LeBron James shouts out King Von. Here he and I can't play a lot of it because the music. Him dancing to King Von song. LeBron James playing tribute to King Von. Again, I can't play the music. Paying tribute to him. LeBron James listening to King Von. Okay. There's so much LeBron James and King Bron, LeBron James and King Von, to the point where people are calling King Von or Con LeBron, King Von, or some mess. LeVon, they were calling him, instead of LeBron, they were calling him LeVon James off of King Von's album cover. Also, let's not forget, Bronny also introduced a bunch of young kids to King Von. Go ahead. Hold on. You want real Instagram? That was him on his live stream playing King Von, okay? So what, what confuses me about this situation is that people always have smoke for YouTubers, for 
the people that they know they can pick on easily, like this white boy in the UK. And and kudos to Trap LaRoz for not backing down and, you know, really holding his own. Okay. I'm sorry, but LeBron had more influence on people going to go find out who King Von was than Trap LaRoz. I really heard that music because LeBron kept working out to this shit. And then my nosy ass was like, well, who was King Von? And then I listened to Welcome to the O and all that stuff. But I've never seen any of these black men have a thank piece on LeBron encouraging young people to go listen to King Von, who was a serial killer. On top of that, when it came to LeBron James talking about, oh, you know, I don't dabble in hate speech and calling out Kanye and Kyrie, it was very interesting that he had a lot to say about this, but he had no problem promoting hate with, you know, the promotion of King Von. So let's go ahead and watch LeBron James a few months ago. Your position, you've been in, in the position the past week for yeah. the um, I just, yeah, 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 I can tell you this, it's simple. Um, me personally, I don't condone any hate um, to any kind, to any race, um, to Jewish communities, to black communities, to Asian communities. Um, you guys know where I stand. And, um, it's part of the reason why I didn't air the shop episode, why we kicked that, you know, out of the archives because it was hate conversation going on there. Um, and I don't represent that. Um, you know, uh, there's no place in this world for it. Nobody can, can benefit from that. And, um, and I believe, um, you know, what Kyrie did, um, caused some harm to a lot of people. Um, and he has since, uh, over the last. Okay. So y'all just heard that. So, like I said, I'm not knocking LeBron for listening to King Von. That is his grown business. I don't tell people what they can and can't listen to. I'm very much aware that, you know, King Von was a fan of LeBron James. What I'm saying is I'm pointing out the hypocrisy for y'all who are slow and don't get what I'm saying. The hypocrisy to me is that LeBron has enough wherewithal to know, oh, I took Kanye off of my shop episode because he was saying mean and spiteful things towards the Jewish community and I don't condone hate, okay? In the same breath, he also has in the past promoted King Von, who's done nothing but promoted hate about other black men in his music. Do y'all get what I'm saying? The hypocrisy. So what I'm saying is this, instead of these men having thank pieces trying to confront this white man about a documentary that he made, why are they not having thank pieces and saying, hey, an influential basketball player like LeBron and even his son, who has a lot of influence in the sports world and with the youth, maybe they shouldn't be promoting music like this. Because you can't say that it's okay for LeBron James and Bronny to, to you know, to promote him and, and call him, you know, you know, to shout out King Von. And, and King Von, like I said, was a big fan of LeBron, okay? You can say that it's okay for them to do it, but then when YouTubers do it, it's wrong. It's, it's, it's not okay for YouTubers to make documentaries calling out the violence in King Von's music. I just think it, it's just hypocritical. It's silly. These guys are a walking contradiction. 
So you mean to tell me his documentary has caused way more chaos in the hood. Oh, people are shooting. You're bringing up old shit from the past. Oh, the ops are out. This documentary. But not the fact that this man made the music and was taunting his dead ops in the music. Why didn't they have this thank piece with their homeboy before his death and say, hey, how about you stop promoting this? How about you stop making fun of other dead rappers? How about y'all stop smoking tuca? They never want to hold their own rappers accountable. And that's weird to me. That there's more smoke for this white boy than the rappers who are rapping this low vibrational bullshit and who are keeping this, this perpetuation going. How about we stop rapping about killing ops? How about we stop rapping about taking other black men's lives? How about we start rapping about living to be 40? While y'all are so scared to date 40 year olds, you better hope that you make it to be 40. How about we start promoting that? So to me, it's a bunch of bullshit. All of a sudden, you know, oh, oh, you're making money off of the death. So is the person that you're on the live stream with. It, what, what, did, did Van Lathan do that whole project for free? Did he go to, you know, to, to Pop Smoke's hood for free? Hell no, nah, they cut a check. So he's making money off of dead rappers too. So what the hell are you talking about? Straight up hypocrisy is all I see. At the end of the day, it was a damn good documentary. I enjoyed it. He pointed out a lot of stuff that people already knew, but he was able to put it in a digestible form. And it looked like he really took his time. It was well edited, well shot. Y'all should be more embarrassed the fact that this young black man allegedly took all those lives than the fact that this documentary is out because guess what? What came first, the chicken or the egg? He was out here wilding and doing all this crazy shit. He was putting in his music. So you can't get mad that YouTubers are now eating off of the, the chaos that he put out there. You can't. Last but not least, before I go, um, Asian Doll has also spoke out about the documentary. She's blasting people uh, who are bringing the documentary up to her. Oh, God, what did I just do? Hold on. Okay, let me share my screen. Give me just a second. Okay, here it is. Okay. So Asian Doll rips King Von serial killer documentary. It's nothing but lies. So let's scroll down. So somebody says the King Von documentary was so long. I went to sleep and woke back up and he was still killing people. Facts. Asian Doll says, bitch, shut your police ass up. Then she says the documentary about King Von is not true. So she's very upset about this documentary. Now, what I find very interesting about Asian Doll is that ain't this the same rap girl who said that she's not going to be with the dude unless he got bodies? Let me see if I can find that up.
Here we go. Y'all know I don't, I don't, we keep receipts around here. I knew that was her. And then the other goofball, one of the the other female rapper's girlfriend said the same stupid shit, but was crying the month before over Takeoff's death. Make it make sense. So this is this is Asian doll. This was her. Sis, is this you? The one calling people police ass bitch. Is this you, sis? This was October 2020. Asian doll only dates serial killers. Please have at least three bodies before you talk to me, boy. Instagram model is fine rapper, Asian doll. Just made it three times more difficult to find a good man. The 23-year-old Sagittarius won't even speak to a man unless he's a killer. And not just any killer, he has to be a serial killer, okay? Um, she says, please have at least three bodies before you talk to me, boy. I like killers, she tweeted on Tuesday. The Dawes hardcore tweet was a little too gangster for most of her female followers to relate to. I ran over a puppy before and I cried, but I'm still a G, wrote one Twitter user. Another one says, only thing I killed was two goldfish and a hamster. Does that count? So she's since deleted that tweet. So for her to now try and call people, you know, police ass bitches and say that the documentary wasn't true, sis, I don't believe you, you need more people, okay? It, it's insane to me. Like I said, we don't forget anything around these parts. We keep receipts. So now the sudden, so when he was alive, oh, y'all loved the persona of him being the silent, what is that they call him, the silent assassin? You know, the serial killer, he would just keep eating cereal randomly. You brag to the females who followed you, again, perpetuating that black women only want thugs. No, most black women don't want thugs. That's a stereotype. So you're perpetuating a, a, a stereotype. This, what is it called? The soft-spoken assassin. It was some nickname, child, that y'all gave him on Twitter. Um... And now all of a sudden she's crying and saying that, you know, you know, everybody's the police and he didn't do this. When two years ago, there's two going on three years, she was bragging about she doesn't want to talk to anybody unless they have three bodies under their belt. That has done more damage because think about all the young boys who follow her because she's beautiful, beautiful girl. And now the young boys who follow her think that's what I have to do to be able to get a baddie like Asian dog. I have to go out here and go kill other black men to be able to slide into her DMs. And y'all can say, oh, it's just a joke. You're taking stuff too seriously. Words have power. How many times I have to tell y'all that on my channel? The power of the tongue. So I don't take anything lightly. And I never will. Words have power. So when you're joking in that manner, best believe that there are some real people who are thinking that that's the way to go. So yeah, so people trying to get mad at this man's documentary, all these foolish excuses that these men were making for King Von's behavior to me is sad. It's really sad. Don't blame him for the violence on O-Block and for the violence continuing. Hold the people who are continuing, who are continuing to perpetuate the violence, hold them accountable. 
just this week, and remember, I posted the video, didn't get a lot of views because y'all don't like serious topics, but it's all good. I still went ahead and did it, even though it was demonetized and it didn't get as many views as the video I posted the next day. But y'all remember just this past weekend, this was going down in Chicago. Let me find it. Here, Teens Riot. Is this man Dave? And I don't know because I don't follow him. Is he calling out these kids who did all this nonsense? Remember, this was in Chicago. Our newsroom shows more of last night's chaos. People were seen kicking, passing cars, crowding the streets, dancing on top of parked vehicles. Two days ago. And we're still waiting to find out and hear if police made any arrests from this last night. Earlier in the day yesterday, a viewer shared cell phone video showing a group of people jumping on a car that is driving along Michigan Avenue. This so where is King Dave Vaughn from TMZ? Oh, sorry, Van Lathan, sorry. Van Lathan, formerly of TMZ, where is the thank piece on this foolishness? Because I don't even know if any other black YouTubers even covered this outside of myself. I maybe, maybe others did. I'm just saying. I know I did. It didn't get a lot of views, but I still covered it. Chaos has erupted in downtown Chicago. The reports of hundreds of teenagers smashing car windows, getting into fights. Look at this. Where's the thank piece on that? Where's the... Let's all come together and, and do an Instagram chat on what just happened this weekend. Like I said, I don't follow them. Maybe they did do a thank piece. I don't know. But it's very interesting that they can all come together to be mad at this white boys documentary. And literally, that was two days ago in Chicago. Did anybody else speak on this outside of my YouTube channel? I'm talking about other popular Black people who have a platform. Or did they just talk about Coachella? But I digress. The riot wasn't about nothing. They weren't rioting or protesting anything. It started on TikTok and on social media. They just decided to wild out. Teens sent it to their friends, sent it to their friends, told everybody to go meet down on Michigan Avenue and just cause chaos. They're not rioting for a purpose. Just out there, just, you know, to be out there. But like I said, I didn't see a lot of black YouTubers covering that. But I see them mad at this white boys documentary. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, like I said, I can't, I can't take, I can't take Asian doll, any of these folks serious. Not when you guys go out your ways to constantly perpetuate the nonsense and then, you know, play crazy. Like, you know, we're just imagining what it means to catch a body. Oh, no, that's, oh, that's not what it means. It means to get, you know, he could have been trying to get some ass. Yeah, okay. Okay. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, let's see here. Uh, just Sway Bree says, I don't understand the outrage because he used King Von's own tweets and lyrics. The man literally was self-snitching on a regular. Exactly. That's why I don't understand. And even people from Chicago have confirmed that King Von was a menace. Um, XOXO Ivy says King Von was a menace to Chicago. Exactly. Thank you for the super chat, love. Um, T 
Tashani Love said 999 says, I miss most alive, but I had some tea on Marcus Houston and his wife in 2017 at the Cheesecake Factory in Riverdale. He stays in the IE, ooh, the, the, the England Empire. He's laying low, so they've been together for a while. Mm, I believe it. Thank you for the super chat, sis. Uh, Doozy Does says, I'm behind on the love, but I heard Rock Hill come on back to you. Uh-uh, <laughs> I'm not coming back to Rock Hill. But I will come to visit, though. I do. I still love Rock Hill. I'll come to visit. I still got friends out there. But thank you. Um, Rel Felisto sent five says, bring back the draft and mandatory military school for any kid that isn't going to college. Mm. That'll stop him from riding. Okay, so let me cover my last story because I've been on here for almost two hours. So the last story is the robot child. If you guys do not know, this happened a few days ago. It went viral. Uh, let me see here. I'm trying to see where this happened. It happened in a, it was in a warehouse. This is really disturbing. I don't know if it was an Amazon warehouse, but basically this robot had been working nonstop, nonstop. Child, this damn robot done passed out and fell. I don't care what's funny, but I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen so y'all can see this video. So just watch this robot. He's been working all day, all day. Not the robot falling out and not getting back up. And... He was a human child, just. <laughs> and Anthony know what it looked like. Anybody watching? He said he's tired. He's tired, boss. Now, what's very interesting is that you have all these corporations talking about, oh, you're going to be replaced with robots and robots, this and that. But it's showing you robots need a break, too. You can't just keep working them and working them and working them. That man done fell out. Well, he's not a man, but damn it, that was crazy. They said he had been over there working for about 12 hours straight, just the same repetitive emotion. So this just goes to show you that even human beings, nobody, even robots should not be forced to do the same repetitive thing over and over again. It starts to drive you crazy. So once again, I really feel, like I said, with all this technology, it has a very spiritual aspect to it. And I will always stand by that. There's a spiritual aspect to it. Because again, this is not supposed to be a real person. It's just supposed to be a robot. You know, his battery was fully charged, but he still ended up passing the fuck out. So something ain't cleaning the buttermilk, okay? So I wonder if in the future there's going to be a robot union, you know what I'm saying, where they're going to be asking for robot rights. Uh, that Detroit, uh, what is that game called? That Detroit game that everybody be talking about? It seems like it's going to be coming to fruition soon enough. So, yeah, I just had to share that with you. The whole situation is a mess. I couldn't even believe that when I first seen that. 
I think it's called Detroit Goes Human or something like that. Okay, Detroit Becomes Human. Thank you. Yeah, that's a crazy game. So it seems like with this robot passing out, I could see that becoming a thing. But we're going to have to wait and see. But on that note, you guys, I've been on here for two hours. I want to thank everybody who came through. Thank you all for the super chats. I appreciate y'all. I'm going to go ahead and log off here. I hope you guys enjoyed today's stream. So I will see you guys later on in the week. I have a... um. The True Crime Tea Time is available. I got to make it public, but I have it done, edited, and it's going to be on my True Crime Tea Time channel. So make sure if you're not subscribed to that channel, make sure you guys check out this video. It's really good. So I will talk to you guys later. Love y'all. Have a good night. Stay safe, everybody. Bye.